Construct with Clark and Alyssa. Okay, so my goal here, <clears throat> and my goal was in the last 10 seconds, to try to figure out how I can mix Go-Go Power Rangers with There Are Four four Champions. I'm trying to make that work in my head. I wanted to sing it. Four Tri-Wizard Champions! There we go! <laughs> 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 All right, take two. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. You're welcome. Oh, thank you so much. You need, a, you need a hand. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I appreciate it. This is why it's nice to have you as a, a, a fellow co-host on this podcast called Words Truck. <laughs> <laughs> You're overhosting again. <laughs> I know. I can't not. It's in me. Um, <sighs> it's it's that's my camp counselor background mm-hmm. coming in handy. Mm-hmm. I, I can put any any words to the tune of any song i feel like <laughs> never an original song <laughs> no i can rewrite the words of a song that you know just almost perfectly like to the uh, point where someone could probably rewrite a couple of the lines to make them a little better but it was just me <laughs> so yeah yeah and it's it's hard to be pithy when you're on the spot you know but we got it we got it nailed it <sighs> stuck the landing how you doing Alyssa? i I'm tired. <laughs> All right. Me too. Let's do but this. But I'm great. I'm having a good time with you, so that's good. Yeah, it's been nice. Our pre-show has gone on much longer than Two usual. Two hours. Two hours. <laughs> we had a lot of catching up to do, but uh, we're there, and now we can talk about Harry Potter. So much Harry Potter. So much Harry Potter. Three chapters this time. Three chapters. This is the most pages that we will have to read yep. for an episode this season. That is mildly reassuring. I was kind of worried I wouldn't finish reading them today. They're, uh, they're long. <laughs> yeah. But not a lot happened. An episode's worth of things happened, I feel like. Yeah. An appropriate number of things for us to talk about. Let's uh, let's talk about those yeah. things. Yeah. Like the four champions like on, the f- in chapter 17. Yeah. What happened in chapter 17? Yeah. Of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Stop. <laughs> in this chapter, it is decided that Harry will compete in the Triwizard Tournament as the fourth Triwizard. It's, it's that's that's what you get Champion. for naming something on based on the number. Anyway, after that, Gryffindor go, goes wild. They're all excited, and uh, Ron... Gryffindor goes wild. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just slipped that in there. Okay, Gryffindor goes wild. Go on. And Ron begins. A, a long stretch of resenting Harry's success that lasts for the next four books or his entire lifetime. Yeah, really. You, you haven't read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child yet. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, and I do. Yeah. So what now? That's fair. So that's what happens in this chapter. It's a very short time frame and some uh, some Agatha Christie style whodunit happens. Yeah, trying to figure out who on earth put that their name and that their hat. Yeah. Do you remember who I guessed last time? Because I don't. Uh, who did you guess? Hmm. Let's let's talk about I who don't I think re- did it now. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So like everybody's suspicious of everybody, and everybody has a theory, and it's like legitimately felt to me like I was reading. I can't remember what the book's called in the non-offensive way. Ten Little Indians? Yes. And then there were none? Thank you. Okay. I'm like, I cannot think of the 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 non-offensive name that this has become. Yep. So ev- everybody thinks that like there's lots of finger pointing and clue style who done it and it, it's it's it felt a lot like i was reading and then there were none mm. a little bit like mm. next thing we know someone's gonna die and we're gonna find a severed head somewhere and like and someone's actually not gonna be dead the whole time yeah yeah so yeah like, am i am i wrong have you read any agatha christie just uh what i was required to read in school which was and then there were none I thought there was like somebody who was shot in the head that definitely wasn't shot. Like they were just like laying on the floor presuming to be dead but weren't actually dead. Wild spoilers for <laughs> Agatha Christie. And the first Saw movie. So there you go. And the third Saw movie. And most most 
most horror movies yeah, and more, really. most mystery novels. And part of the adventure zone. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> on to that. So so who 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 do done it? Who, who done, done it? it? Who done it? <clears throat> um, hmm. Let's see. Here, here's my short list of suspicious humans. Okay. Karkaroff. Bagman. Crouch. Moody. Mm. Snape. Mm. That's my short list of suspicious humans. They're all dudes. I wonder <laughs> I wonder if that's a problem. Can I throw one in the cup? Yeah. Uh, Rita Skeeter. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. See, call, call me out on the all dudes thing. Yep. Let's get a little more representation going on in here and throw have, Rita Skeeter in there. I have no idea if she's any good at magic, but she certainly is is milking this for everything, which is more next chapter than this chapter. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I didn't even think about her because she wasn't really in the room and she wasn't really, she hadn't landed yet yeah. on the scene. But she has nothing but things to gain from Yeah, it, afterwards. So. Totally. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Rita Skeeter added to the list. Perfect. What do you think of those? that list of suspicious humans? I threw Snape in there just because I feel like we should. Yeah. <laughs> did you throw Moody in there? Um, I did. Yeah. Parker uh, off, Bagman, Crouch, Moody, Snape. I think Moody, him figuring it out so quick. I, I, don't, I don't think Moody would do that. Him figuring out what so quick? Oh, like what would be required to like successfully pull that off oh yeah about how you'd have to like generate like, a fourth school and stuff like that having a basic knowledge of the dark arts yeah <laughs> like, you'd have to essentially like, be like a dark arts like magic hacker a, a black hat but also say. like him having an idea of what it would take is just a part of his job description <laughs> that's true <laughs> and i guess like if you're thinking along that route then yeah karkaroff definitely has very good qualifications uh given his experience with the dark arts that we learned about in chapter 19 i think through serious yeah through serious we yeah. learned some karkaroff background <sighs> so but i don't i'm still a little bit perplexed by it because it does put harry in a lot of danger and it would make sense that you know somebody who just wanted to put harry in danger but like it's such a controlled danger like even though yeah people die it's still like there's uh, they're saying it's gonna be safer. Yeah. But they so so they've already they, they've already messed with the safety of, of the scenario. So there's that. And it's already failed. One of their measures failed. Yeah. So so thing. how safe will things be to c- continuing? Like yeah, that's do true. you have all these people who have set up all these fail safes, but there's someone somewhere messing with it and Yeah. It's interesting that nothing or like this has happened before. I mean, like, if it's... it, I mean, it must be pretty hard to hack. <laughs> because there's definitely a huge benefit to, like, getting a specific person or something like that. Like, Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what it what it did really take. And, and golly, that's got to be a powerful person. Yeah, yeah. Which most of the people on that list that most people we've met that are adults really i mean we have no idea i mean the person who was acting the creepiest in this chapter was crouch i mean they even said that he looked like skeletal at one point and he was just like dark and somber and like half in shadow (laughs) so like suddenly voldemort yeah exactly so like that was very (laughs) creepy but we also like this is also crouch who has his like baby in all the rules and regulations of this thing. And it's he's the just same watching thing that it. in that clearing under the dark mark where he mm-hmm. tells, uh, I think it was Diggory, hmm. pa- Papa Diggory, who was like, <laughs> you've just accused the two least likely people, people in this clearing of yeah. casting the dark mark, me and Harry Potter. Yeah. Like yeah. check yourself. Yep. <laughs> if you try to accuse him again in that, he's probably just sitting here thinking like, oh, gosh. He's like, you're going to accuse Dumbledore? Seriously. But then is it like, <laughs> accuse me once, 
shame on you accuse me twice shame on me like <laughs> if you're suspicious several times and then we're sitting here at the end of the book going like gosh and like he was so right we called it time. out he wasn't the red herring that we thought he was mm. <laughs> he actually was it joanne has broken <laughs> us to take anything at face value <laughs> there's always the twist um i did notice and i'll mention this again well no i won't uh, okay there's one character who is off on the sidelines, who is mentioned twice in between chapter 17 and 18, and it's Rita's cameraman. Oh, interesting. He's mentioned twice. And I'm like, hmm, an off character that's only mentioned twice. Colin Creevy Sr. Colin Creevy's uncle. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is, this is just the type of person Joanne would say, and secretly it was him the whole time. And I'd be like, what? It was not, that's a Monty Python move. <laughs> like... He uh, uh, he caught the guy checking out um, the French chick though. Yeah. Did you catch that line? <laughs> he saw like a paunchy middle aged man looking like uh, catching a side eye at the Vila girl. On the, yeah, on I'm like Fleur. Ooh. Uh, that's crappy. Yeah, I'm like that's that's a weird thing to throw in there. Like apparently guys just can't. Every guy is just catching side eyes of her. That that one kind of hit me weird. I'm like, why? Why did you mention that? Anyway, uh, there's also the whole thing throughout this whole chapter, throughout these three chapters. The prevailing theme is Harry has to completely change his lifestyle because of how divided this whole thing has made the school. Like, people think that he did it on purpose and that he wants all the fame and glory and all this and that he is just like some cocky other person and nobody believes that he didn't do it, except for Hagrid and Hermione. Hermione and Hagrid. And it sounds like Dumbledore. Yeah. I think Dumbledore believes him. I think, I think McGonagall believes him because Dumbledore believes him. Yeah. And Hagrid and said the same thing. The short, And probably Moody believes him because Moody is like, yeah. I know what that takes. Yeah. No way. You're, you're talented, but no. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm sure Ron believes him. Ron's just being difficult. So... There's all that. Uh, mm. But yeah, that becomes a theme mentioned over and over and over again and and basically takes up the whole um, chapter. Well, a big chunk of 18 and a big chunk of 19 is, is just taken up by social tidal wave of yeah. support and rage and and it's it's tough. It's brought out an ugly side of everything. Like life's hard enough when you're a miracle <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh you don't have to tell me <laughs> <laughs> and then and then to turn around and and be in the public eye doubly is yeah man it's rough it's so rough and i'm i just like i mean yeah harry harry's a teenage boy about it and and holds a grudge against ron for holding a grudge against him but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At, at the same time, like that sucks. It just sucks. I feel bad for him. Like it's a bad situation. He didn't ask for it, and and just nobody believes him because he really has kind of broken the rules a lot. He's so gotten away with so much. He really has. So yeah. it's a little boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Not meaning to every time. Best of intentions every time. Boy who but somehow survived. <laughs> the boy who somehow survived. The boy who lived. <laughs> boy who lived's a bit catchier. <laughs> uh, so what are your favorite quotes from chapter 17? What's your favorite quote? Mine is on page 279. Um, and it's it's when we're in the middle of the... No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault scenario. Mm-hmm. And Karkaroff is... Uh, M- Moody drops the line of maybe someone's ho- hoping Potter is going to die for this. And Karkaroff weighs in trying to lighten the mood. And I like the sarcasm. I just dig it. He's, we all know Professor Moody considers the morning wasted if he hasn't discovered six plots to murder him before lunchtime. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I... I like I like that kind of razzing. I don't know. Yeah. It's real. It's it's real. He's very much annoyed with Moody, but Yeah. 
That's I like it. Okay. It feels like something I would say at work to people. <laughs> it's just biting enough. Like it's not so unprofessional, but and there's a, it's and clearly there's, like fighting words. And there's a decent amount of truth to it too. Yeah. Yeah. Moody does see a lot of conspiracy theories. We've witnessed it. He might be right. Who knows? Yeah, but like, yeah. It, if I knew that type of person, I'd get pretty tired of it too. Yeah. That's just anyone, I think. What's your favorite quote, Clark? Oh, boy. Mine is just one page over. It's on uh, page 280. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was surprised you didn't pick this one, to be honest. Um, did you have it marked? Do you know? No, I didn't. Okay. I I lacked in my marking. This. <laughs> That's all right. Okay. Here we go. Page 280. Alistor, said Dumbledore warningly. Harry wondered for a moment whom he was speaking to but then realized Mad-Eye could hardly be Moody's real first name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's totally a Clark favorite quote. Mm-hmm, I don't... Like... Mm-hmm. Harry's like, Alistair, who the... Oh, oh. <laughs> it's a very, like, <laughs> teachers mm-hmm. live in their classrooms, sort of a... Mm-hmm. That, that sort of discovery when you, re- when you realize... Your first name isn't Mrs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Alistair Moody, huh? That's not a bad name. I dig it. So, it's, it's a good quote. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. I think it's it's a good like growing up moment for Harry. Yeah, yeah. This person's a real person, and they're not just their nickname. Yep. So <sighs> No one names their infant Mad-Eye. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the magic verse, but certainly not that I've heard of. Okay, chapter 18, The Weighing of the Wands. What happened, Alyssa? So, yeah, this chapter, it, Harry spends a lot of time in social exile, uh, and everyone but Hermione seems against him. Harry and Malfoy duel. And Malfoy's curse hits Hermione's teeth and they grow absurdly large. Mm. And uh, at the end of the chapter, Harry gets pulled out of class and ends up meeting Rita Skeeter at the wand weighing ceremony. And she's terrible. She's really. She's mm. really the worst. I don't like her at all. The worst. (sighs) So this is where the social (laughs) stuff really comes to roost. As we mentioned before. Harry's a social exile. People think that he did it on purpose. Think that he, people think that he wants the attention. People he gets think all this stuff. Hufflepuff freeze out. Yeah. When the puffs freeze you out, you got a problem. Yeah, you got a real problem. <laughs> we are, we are the friendliest, most forgiving house. They think he cheated, and it's not fair. And they have a champion. They worked very hard to get that champion. They did. Very and, hard. And so they're sitting here like, we, we worked very hard and, and we did everything right. And mm. here comes Harry Potter breaking the rules and somehow finagling his way into this. And we have two Hogwarts champions. I mean, I will say even as a reader, I did roll my eyes a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay. They're getting Harry involved in this. <laughs> like, okay, fine. Like, I get it. I totally get it. At the end of the day, no one wants Harry involved except no. for... Whoever put the name in, I'm sure Fred, I'm sure Griff- Angelina, well, <laughs> like, Gryffindor, the, yeah. Gryffindor likes it. But at the same time, they like it. But there are a whole bunch of Gryffindors who entered their names who wanted to be it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, if it can't be me, I'm glad it's you. But. But I wanted it to yeah, be me. Yeah. And especially with the age thing. They're like, no, but it should have been me because you shouldn't have even been a, an option. So, yeah. And like he has yeah. friends and they've thankfully most of them not written him off. But yeah. Man. It's a rough chapter. We see a lot of people treating him very poorly. And then we have Hermione swooping in and being like best friend of the year and like being encouraging and holding him to you know, holding him accountable to like, hey, no, you need to talk to an adult because- Hashtag tell an adult. Hashtag tell an adult. You can't (laughs) talk to Dumbledore about this. Like now you have an adult to talk to, talk to him. So that was neat. Um, Really not used to seeing that at all. And like marching him up to the Owlry 
and being like, you're doing it. Yep. You're doing yep. it now. And he like even takes off Hedwig because he has to pick a school <laughs> owl. <laughs> I do feel bad for Hedwig and all this. Not going to lie. Yeah. I feel like Hedwig's it, it didn't didn't deserve this ire. Wildly underutilized. Poor thing. Creature. Poor thing. He needs to send Hagrid more letters to make up for it. <laughs> he does. He needs to send just more letters just to send it to Mrs. Weasley. Send her letters. Yeah. She loves you. She would you. love that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yep. Hufflepuff freezes him out. Gryffindor freezes him out. He gets really super snappy to the point where he, like, Cho goes to say good luck to him. And he snaps like, oh, well, I'll just go talk to my dead mother and cry. And Cho's just like, okay. Like, poor thing. She was just trying to be, like, real sweet and say good luck to him. Was that this chapter? I think that was next chapter. Oh, shit. But that's Well, fine. it's part of it's part of this whole social thing. Like I said, it kind of mixes together. Yeah. It's, it's the theme throughout all of this. Um, so, and even the, uh, <clears throat> the Slytherins put their industrious hats on and make badges that are, like, pro-Cedric mm-hmm. and anti- Potter. Potter, yeah, and and they like flash Potter stinks, and like, oh my goodness, what it like how bad it must be for Slytherins to make a badge that's pro Hufflepuff. Yeah, like, that's got to hurt a little bit. Like amazing to mm. me that they mm. came down on that side, even that they weren't just s- superior about the whole thing and decided to like root for drumstring <laughs> or just like purely potter snakes or something like that yeah 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 or potter's a cheater or something like that where it's like nothing but negative yeah but whatever it's not like they have integrity so i'm not surprised they're willing to just root for Cut whoever. people down yeah root so. for people when it's convenient to root for people and then not <laughs> when it's when it's no longer necessary so yeah yeah, uh, let's see. What to talk about first? Was there the wand fight in this one? No, that's, nope. that's okay. the next. I'm just going to read the notes here real quick. Rita Skeeter interview. <clears throat> I think. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. This was the the duel was in this one. There Sorry. we go. That's okay. Um, but before all that, was the photo opportunity? No, that's the end. Oh, that's at the end. Okay. So they get into a duel outside potions where snape clearly has it out for Harry. and he's so cruel about it too snape's a bad character right now he's so terrible and and i i think it was goyle mm-hmm. who, who took harry's curse and hermione takes malfoy's curse and snape sends goyle up to the the hospital wing Mm -hmm. and he looks at Hermione and gives like the meanest slam of I see nothing different oh yeah and she runs away crying I wanted to punch him so bad in the face right there Uh, if I'd been Harry I would have had a very difficult time (laughs) not not lashing out at Snape for that because that is crossing a line don't big time I mean okay so like yes you're you're gonna answer with Snape's a bad character but like I don't understand why he's so inordinately cruel to Hermione. Like, cause I'm, I'm now remembering when he calls her stupid girl. Oh yeah. In the shrieking shack in the previous book. And I'm just like, he's so cruel to her. She and I probably know, reminds me of Harry's mom. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It, it's not healthy it's not it's weird no no adult man should have that much ire towards a young girl like that it's just not a normal healthy thing it's It's not okay yeah like this is the second time that it's purely purely cruel it was so mean and outside of a classroom context like i can like there's his really terrible like bullying in a classroom that seems like nowhere near as bad as this yeah and yeah but this was out of out of his way like cruel. her her safety is threatened yeah and he could have just as easily been perfectly neutral and said hermione go to the hospital ward like, like no no amount of i like you i don't like you nothing he could have been here. neutral get out of here go to the hospital ward but nope he chose to 
to be petty and like <laughs> zero points for Snape. Um, negative points. Yeah, negative points. I was going to come into this saying I'm not even going to talk about Malfoy anymore until he becomes a real character, but it's kind of hard because of this duel. He's a foil. That's what a foil is. That's what a foil is. May as well be Malfoyle. Um, but yep, I'm going to keep going by the idea that Malfoy's not an actual character, isn't worth talking about. Um, That's fine. A, th- a thing happened, and he happened to be part of it. <laughs> so all this hubbub happens outside mm-hmm. of potions, and then Harry has to go into potions. Awkward. And like they, <laughs> they have to do their thing, and Snape's mm-hmm. like threatening to to poison people and test their antidotes Mm -hmm. and and harry's over here like well (laughs) we all know who that's gonna be (laughs) and he's right (laughs) he's absolutely right because snape was very bummed out when harry couldn't stay to play so um and then yeah uh colin creevy ends up having to come fetch him for absurd (laughs) photo op time I, i loved that interaction though because it's like Snape is very clearly saying trying like, to no, wield this and this and this and Colin's all of like, his power. And Colin's like, what? But <laughs> they told this thing. Well, Potter, le- leave your bag. Come back here when you're done, so we can test it. And, and Colin's he's like, like uh... they t- they told me to tell him to bring all of his stuff with him. <laughs> Which makes me wonder. Uh, I love that. Was was Dumbledore a part of that? Deliver that message delivery, and was he sitting there going like, "I know Snape, and I know Harry, and I know uh-huh, how this is gonna go, uh-huh. and he's gonna, like, Colin, these are your instructions." <laughs> I'm sure that that yes, I'm sure Dumbledore handled it very much in such like, a way that he. Uh, oh, we're pulling him out of potions. Okay, <laughs> dude, this exact thing happened to me at work today, and I was so. Ugh. <laughs> I I sent like, uh, I'm kind of in like a weird supervisor position right now at work certainly not a manager but certainly a supervisor role um and i sent someone who's worked with us just long enough to kind of know how the boss works and like kind of understand the dynamic of our company and i sent him to get a garbage bag and i'm like can you go get garbage bags but get the next size up because the smaller ones don't fit quite right so get the next size up i know this is a smaller garbage can but get the bigger bags and like <laughs> and I'm pretty much like, hey, do this thing. I know you're not supposed to do it. I know. But like, go do the thing. And he went to get the garbage bags and the boss was in the like room and he's like, what garbage can is that for? <laughs> and he's like, uh, for the one in the room. And he's like, isn't that a smaller one? And he's like, yeah, but I was just going to grab a bigger bag. And he's like, it, the boss was just on top of him every step. And finally, like the kid comes back and he had a smaller one, but then he had a bigger one in his back pocket. Oh. And he had to sneak it away. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you care. Like, thank you. You, like, know that you have to steal sometimes to get the right size garbage bag. It was just a funny moment where I'm like, of course the boss is going to be in the room saying, hey, what garbage can is that for? (laughs) Of course he is. Because I specifically told him to get the bigger one that doesn't go to that garbage can. Anyway, that's... He survived the boss battle. (laughs) He did. He did. And he got out with a too big garbage bag and it made me very happy. I was proud of him because it's very delicate to walk that line. So anyway, that's a long anecdote, but I, I totally, it. totally understand the dynamic here. Um, that's good. That's good. So then Harry gets pulled out and he has to go up to, I don't remember what classroom. I feel like it was the astronomy tower, but I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he they, has to go up from the dungeons to this mm. wand weighing ceremony. And they have this weird, like, they put the judges behind a row of desks that they'd like draped velvet on. And it's it was like, so... this is so staged and weird and yeah. like oddly ceremonial. And I don't like, I'm, I'm there's a part of me that wonders like, is the velvet maybe charmed in some way and actually serve a purpose or is it purely aesthetic? It's gotta be aesthetic. Because <laughs> yeah, like that's disappointing. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Harry has to go through this whole wand weighing ceremony, but before that happens, Rita Skeeter comes on the ske- scene mm-hmm. and pulls him into a broom closet 
for like an exclusive interview and shows him like her her like note taking auto quill things. Quick, what are those? Quick quotes quill. Quick quotes quill, which are the most like yellow journalism, sensational. terrible sensationalism, crappy magic tools ever. Actual like, fake news. Yeah, they will actually generate lies, and like. How terrible is that? That that I feel like if you find out that a journalist is using those, they should just like lose their job. <laughs> like how can someone be considered a journalist when they are using magic tools that will purposefully lie? I feel like using a quick quotes quill is is equivalent to texting someone and just using the center suggested. There we go. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what they said, right? Yep. Close enough. That's oh, so bad though. How especially how it talks about like, you know, he cried because he he hasn't he thinks of his mom every night and cries. Like all this stuff where I'm like, that is a hurtful, harmful, traumatic thing to generate about I mean, someone. He's a kid. Yeah. He is a... Uh, no mm. integrity. No integrity. So, yeah. And <sighs> so so here's my question. So mm-hmm. the way this thing works whenever you see it is is she's like sucking on the end of the quill mm-hmm. and then she like positions it on, on the parchment and then it does its thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if if the user directs it like if you were to give give a quick quotes quill to Hermione mm-hmm. to take notes, yeah, could it be used for good, or is the tool a tool of yellow journalism? The tool could be used for good, yeah. So in my mind, okay, so the the quill comes with an app that you install, okay, okay, and you take a quiz on the little app thing and it says okay what are you trying to write and then you like go through this stuff and answer some questions about yourself and then it runs an algorithm and figures out your basic writing style and your voice and then like it's just like dna activated with your saliva or something like that or in the modern day it would be like a thumbprint or a face scan or something like that and it's like oh this is who I'm going to be writing for. What was their profile again? And it pulls up all that information from the test you took, and then it just applies it to that. So I think it could be used for proper note-taking. Uh, I don't know how... It has a certain level of intelligence, and it has a certain level of observation to like notice people's expressions and stuff. So that's interesting. These I, things seem really powerful. I wonder if the saliva and, and the, that is like a link... Mm-hmm. It's like it's like connecting your phone to your Bluetooth. <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah. That kind of a like. A, and so as I'm observing and I'm thinking, it's 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 taking notes of my thoughts. Oh, I see. You're even than, talking like shortwave, not even just like linking it to your profile, but actually linking it to your thoughts. Yeah. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Why not? And, and I mean, it has like a pretty good sample there. I mean, there's still an autofill. Yeah, part of it because, but it's a the, first draft the thing. The speed and and um, precision with which it writes, like yeah, yeah, like at the end of that interview, I think she had her story. Like I don't, I don't know that she had to do much editing or reworking of that. It was, it was complete sentences and paragraphs. And That's true. I think she just had to like just structure it. And so it's, you know, interviews rarely go in the order that they're presented. (laughs) Like usually, well, sometimes they do, but usually you have like the nut and then you'll kind of add on additional details. But like, it's not necessarily in chronological order that the quotes occur. We've definitely read Daily Prophet stories, though, and they have not been structured well. So (laughs) that's true. That's true. So there's that. Yeah. Um, And and I think uh, I wouldn't be I mean, I mean, there's clearly an element of magic Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. um and i i I just i wouldn't be surprised if it comes into it and sort of like reads the room and reads her thoughts in such a way that at the end of it she's like and move a couple commas around we're good yep like yeah i guess especially because we saw the story and or well we saw bits of the story bits of it and it wasn't any better it wasn't we, any we saw the sentences as, as it was yeah. writing them and it was it was that's so sad i'm so upset uh mm. i think it really does set it up where rita's i 
she could be like a big bad. <laughs> like, I really do think so. Like, she is benefiting she's from every insidious thing. enough. Yeah. And she's getting more and more views and more and more stuff every time a dark mark happens. Every time anything happens, she gets something out of it. So, like, I'm getting mad suspicious about this person. Especially because, like, now I'm thinking, like, oh, that paunchy middle-aged guy that's always around her. Like, what if that's, like, Wormtail or something? Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think, like... Harry would recognize Wormtail. It's it's magic. There's disguises. 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 <laughs> it's getting late. Uh, it is. <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me real paranoid that Rita Skeeter's like a big bad and that this is somehow all going to come back to her but whatever um it's an interesting theory I yeah. like it also question spew badges could be way cooler apparently now that we know what badges are capable of being those spew badges seem pretty lame sorry Hermione they made those really fast and yeah. they change that's pretty cool. Step yeah. up your game, Hermione. Here's the thing, though. Hermione was the only one making her spew badges, and I'm sure there was a community effort in the Potter Stinks badges. Yeah, there that's was, fair. There was much wider interest in creating <laughs> those badges than there has been in spew. Hmm. I'm still curious to see how that takes off, what kind of rebellion she's going to lead. It's, It'll be fun. She's going to run the world. She will. Okay. Favorite quotes for chapter 18. You ready? Uh, yes. Okay. I am ready and my quote comes first, so I'm going to go first. Sure. <laughs> What's your favorite quote, I don't Alyssa? even get asked. I, <laughs> I take, <laughs> take what I want. Um, my favorite quote is on page 290. Um, And this is just like, I was just like bursting with pride with how awesome of a friend Hermione is in these chapters. And part of that awesomeness comes with a little bit of tough love, I think. When Harry wants to throw a little hissy fit and be like, well, you tell Ron, this is what I think. Mm -hmm. And she turns around and is like, I'm not telling him anything. Mm -hmm. Tell him yourself. It's the only way to sort this out. And it's just like, "Mm, preach. Tell it. Spit that truth. Yeah. <laughs> Speak your truth, Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, I mean, good friendship isn't just supporting and listening and and loving and kindness. It's also a little bit of that accountability. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just so like, mm, best friend in the world. All the brownie points. You get all the brownie points. 50 points back to Gryffindor. That's right. For that friendship moment. Absolutely. <laughs> I should I should be able to give points. I think so. You know enough about it. <laughs> What's your favorite quote, Clark? My favorite quote is on page 295. <sighs> and it's Hagrid with this with this shroots, scroots, blast-ended spurts. Um <laughs> Whatever they are. He's shorting out. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Hagrid says, looks like they're having fun, don't they? Hagrid said happily. Harry assumed he was talking about the scroots because his classmates certainly weren't. Every now and then with an alarming bang, one of the scroots ends would explode, causing it to shoot forward several yards and more than one person was being dragged along on their stomach, trying desperately to get back on their feet. But mostly, looks like they're having fun, don't they? And Harry realizing that he is not talking about the students. <laughs> that made me so happy. <laughs> I'm like, I I connect more with Hagrid every day. Because <laughs> I'd totally be the type watching like Great Danes pull their owners around a dog park. And I'd be like, this is great. This must be so nice. <laughs> or you as a beekeeper looking at That's bees, true. which like... I'm a big proponent of bees. I love bees. But they bees. still scare the the bejeepers out of me. It's just like, love. It's just painful love. It, yeah. That's the it's the yeah. pain and the and the allergies and the the like real deadly elements that they can have and yeah, like, I guess. like it's a it's I, mean, I have a complicated appreciation for them. Mm. I'm I'm pro B, but I'm still afraid of them. Okay, you'd get there. You'd get there. You're so haggard. <laughs> <laughs> Once you, it, as soon as you get over the fact that they sting you, bees are amazing. 
So as soon as you get over the fact that blasted and screws have blasted ends, <laughs> they're amazing. But they are what they are. They can't help it. Okay, it's true. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Anyway, it's just a self-preservation <laughs> instinct that I have that I think you have less of. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. What's the worst that can happen? They sting you and it hurts real bad. That's eh, not bad. Or they sting you and you have a fatal allergy and they kill you. See, there's that. <laughs> if I had to worry about that, it might be a different relationship. Okay. On to the final chapter of this particular episode. <laughs> Not of the book. Chapter 19, The Hungarian Horn Tale. What happened, Alyssa? Ooh, read a Skeeter's <laughs> article and cites bully. Hungarian horn <laughs> Do we need drink some tea? <laughs> Rita Skeeter's article incites much bullying, and Harry ends up as a result wearing the invisibility cloak to Hogsmeade <laughs> to avoid the eyes of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And Hagrid takes Harry and Madame Maxime to see the dragons, and Sirius tries to give Harry advice but runs out of time. <sighs> Ooh, very scary <laughs> chapter. Um, <laughs> I'd say the most stuff happened in the fewest pages in this chapter. Yeah, for for sure. It's we definitely should have saved half the episode for this, but that's okay. We'll just get through it. The str- that's the the difficulty with chronological storytelling. <laughs> so the article's terrible. We've already talked about so, that. So 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 terrible. So pile on top of all that social outcast stuff we've been talking about. And now you have this article on top of it that completely misquotes Harry. It makes him look like a total weakling. Uh-huh. I will say mm-hmm. there was something slightly heartening to me as I as this was coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's that so many of his classmates read the Daily Prophet. Oh. <laughs> so many yeah, okay. kids read the news. But I mean, if there was a front page big story about like, the University of Montana and something huge that was going on there, I feel like students would be more likely to read it just for that particular article. Yeah, more likely. So, but I, but yeah. it seems like they're familiar with it. Um, yeah, Unfortunate real... that their news source is so terrible, but... Yeah, and it does suck because Harry... It's not even like skewering Harry's quotes. It is straight up generating entirely Lies. false ones. Like... It's not even taking what he said and twisting it. It's just like he literally said, er, and then it filled in two paragraphs of what he said, you know, and <sighs> we've already talked about this. <laughs> so the the sad part to me about this mm-hmm. on top of everything else is that so the, the national distribution possibly uh, syndicated, Lord knows about international because mm-hmm. there's an international mm-hmm. interest. Um, so all of these adults in the outside world also have this story among them, Mrs. Weasley, Hmm. who we learn at the end of the chapter from Charlie is (laughs) like all torn up that like Harry is still like, she believes this representation, which there's a part of me that's like, come on, like Hmm. your own husband was misquoted and misnamed just like weeks ago by this woman in this paper. But this is something that she wants to believe. It's confirming. Yeah, absolutely. It's confirming what she wants. Yep. So in a really sad way, like it's confirming what she fears more. And what's Harry supposed to say? Like, no, I don't think about my parents and cry. Like he's, he's caught in a really bad situation of like, you can't flatly deny a lot of this stuff. But because it would make you look like terrible or like a certain kind of way. Oh, and it's so but... out of left field. Like he's <clears throat> oh, not media yeah. trained. He has no idea how to deal with this. No. And he and... can't write like a letter to the editor saying like, um, here's what actually happened. She cornered me. I didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden the story was generated. And even if he like... were to do that, would it help? Like that's, I mean, it depends. It depends on yeah. how well the letter is written, how it's presented. Like, yeah, there's, but he like, doesn't even have the power to like do that. So he needs a spokesperson working with him mm-hmm. who knows. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, this is this the level that they're 
scrutinizing this competition is mm. almost the level of professional athletics. Yep. And and she's not even writing about it. She didn't even mention Colin's name. <laughs> or uh, not Colin. Cedric. Uh, Cedric. There we go. Too many C names. It, yeah. Yeah. So it's terrible. So, Harry has to run and hide the whole time because of it. But the thing that makes me sad is that mm. Mrs. Weasley doesn't reach out to Harry. Yeah. That is weird, isn't it? It's, uh, I mean, and maybe she doesn't know how to necessarily, but like yeah. if you're reading this and you're that torn up about it and you care about this kid, like why are you not just like dropping a line in and yeah. saying, hey, like if you need anything, like, oh my goodness. This must be hard. This is really hard. Yeah. And you have family with us. Well, that's a really good point. And so it, it yeah. seemed a little uncharacteristic of her. Because I don't think she's going to turn around and send him a howler. I don't think she's going to go no, that route. If no. it had been Ron. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But with so with Harry, like she's concerned. It seems like a Mrs. Weasley kind of thing to do. Yeah. That is kind of a missed opportunity from a character development standpoint. Like they could have fleshed out that relationship more. Yeah. Would have been cute. Would have been nice because I I really do like Harry as a adopted son in that family, and I really do like Harry with adults around him who he can trust. Mm-hmm. And because he says stuff, does stuff. We're just now like <laughs> flexing the muscles a little bit with mm-hmm. Sirius, mm-hmm. but even that he's struggling with, and I think he's struggling with it because he doesn't know who to turn to. He's so out of practice, and but he had such a, he was he had nothing. He was very short in his letters to Sirius, but once he got talking to him in the fire, it sounds like he talked his ear off. It was off. so lovely. <laughs> I was just like, oh, honey. Yeah. He, got, oh. he mm. got to vent, and Sirius was like, okay, if you had told me a year ago, I'd be listening to Harry Potter vent. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have told you you were crazy, but uh, here we are. So, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Because Sirius handles it really well and is like, okay, okay, I hear you. I understand. That's very difficult. Um, Dragons. <laughs> Can we maybe talk about that? Because <laughs> that's kind of a big deal. Like, but he like still hears Harry out and he's like, okay, drag- uh, oh, dragons. Okay. Anyway, yep, yep. <laughs> And then, oh, and then so mm. disappointing that he's like about to give Harry like, this is how you survive. Oh, got to go. <laughs> like, <See ya. laughs> yep. Something's happening. This family's coming home and I broke into their house. I also thought we would finally get a payoff on something that you've wanted this whole book, but it just did not happen where Sirius mentioned by name, Bertha, Bertha Jorkins. Bertha Jorkins. She came back. She came back, but Harry had nothing to say. No, nothing to say. Not a clue. Oh yeah, Bertha. That's weird. I had a dream where Voldemort was talking about Bertha. Nope, nothing. Or nothing. Or I've been in the Weasleys' house while this whole discussion's been going uh, on, and I've remembered that. Like just yep. any recollection. Not at a single all. thing. Nope. Harry is completely useless in this topic. <laughs> He just has Bertha Jorkins, like, selective amnesia. But she's come back. So, like... Somebody cares. At, like, at some point, we're, we're going to get a payoff on this, right? Maybe like, she's the portly middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> a lot can happen in Gender's six fluid. <laughs> Ate a lot of corn on the cob and, yep, took some... Uh, anyway. Uh, that's a um, so there's that. But before he has the serious talk, <laughs> Hagrid invites Harry to like, you, you got to meet me at my cabin at this, t- at like, oh, dark 30. And Harry's like, <laughs> like, okay, what? this is weird because usually Hagrid scolds me for coming to his house late at night. But you can't, so you can't say no to that. No. <laughs> Like if, Absolutely not. If Hagrid says, meet me at midnight and bring the cloak. Yeah, you're going. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, there's the curiosity and the mischief. But then on mm. top of that, like, like, stakes are high. Like. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, Hagrid's asking this of me, like, it's important. He might, like, actually need my help with something. Or or yeah. he might have something for me or something. Which yeah. uh, so So Harry ends up, like following on this like weird date between Hagrid and Madame it Maxime. It was weird for Hagrid to invite Harry to that. It could have been like a date. 
but instead it totally there was looked like, like a date it totally looked like a date she was fluttering his eye her eyelashes and the whole time there was an invisible 15 year old with them yeah super awkward <laughs> Real super awkward. super awkward but maybe not for hagrid he's not an awkward type he might no. just be like oh yeah this is nice i get to spend time with her oh and harry's here too perfect like yeah all my favorite people are here. They don't know they're all here, but... <laughs> but I know, and that makes me happy. I'm really upset with Hagrid for this, not going to lie. Okay, talk to me about that. Dude, he's not. Harry's not supposed to know. Harry's not supposed to know. It's wrong. It's wrong for him to know. Okay, so... It's unfair for him to know. So you're frustrated at the injustice. Yeah. It's bad. Harry's okay. already like, no, you don't get to know that it's dragons with eggs. That's totally like... That gives you way too much time to plan and think about. That's like an, an advantage. Okay. And I don't think you should have shown the teacher easier either because now she's going to tell her flower. So. So, and then toward the end, mm-hmm. Harry bumps into Karkaroff. Who is also going to figure it out. So here's my thought for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Hagrid... Hagrid made it all happen, basically. So if Hagrid hadn't done it, probably none of them would have known. Nope. Doubt but, it. But here, here's my reasoning that, like, yeah, it's it's frustrating that it's cheating. Mm-hmm. But Harry's a 14-year-old. <laughs> Harry didn't do anything wrong. Harry didn't do anything wrong. But, like, if I were Hagrid in that situation and I knew what was going on, yeah. and my, like, adoptive surrogate somewhat Mm. like nephew type is 14 has been put in this competition under magical contract and must compete Mm. and his life may be in danger and i'm not exactly confident that he's gonna survive those are dragons also question what happens if harry doesn't compete what what That's, exactly happened? So that does yeah, the, does the goblet of fire like come alive and chase him down and, and incinerate him? I or really something? they they sort of touched a, on that in hmm. the first chapter of this of this when mm-hmm. they're in the side room and all the whodunit Agatha Christie mm-hmm. and they talk about like it is a magical contract he must compete. <laughs> Okay. I'm really, sure. I really, I agree. Right. I'm very frustrated that like we don't know. Yeah. And and you know, what if someone tries to pull him out in this book? Yeah, could be. We might get to see that payoff. I mean, I just think it's unfair, especially because like, okay, if someone else can put your name in for you, <laughs> there's there really needs to be an escape hatch. Uh, <clears throat> we'll see. Maybe that's an option. Maybe. I don't know. It's yeah, it is frustrating that we don't know what what the consequence is. No one's actually been explicit about it. And I think Harry deserves to hear that. Yeah, I think so. I think d- Harry deserves to hear you have to compete because if you don't X under happen. this yeah. magical contract like you're going to lose a leg. Yep. Yep. You don't even get to choose. Or or yeah, lord knows what. Yeah. What was really hard for me to read in this book, I, I got real um, Dumbo vibes from how they were controlling these dragons. Oh, yeah. It seems very cruel. It was yeah. awful yeah. and and a little disconcerting to me that like Haggard was just over the moon. He was so happy. And there wasn't a single... Like Hagrid, who was anti... like contain Buckbeak mm-hmm. just a book earlier mm-hmm. is like fine with eight, nine witches and wizards tugging on these dragons. And zapping them and mocking them unconscious. And yeah. chain dragons. It's just yeah. it just didn't didn't resonate quite right. I wonder how much of that is like the fog of Hagrid's like feels like he's coming through for people who he cares about. Yeah. I think Hagrid's just really excited just to see stuff. Like, I think it's just purely the cool factor of it all. Maybe. I I tried to reassure myself with, like, okay, these dragons are acting wild because they're wild. 
because this is very much not the normal circumstances that these dragons they're are captured. Under. Like they're captured. This is just going to be for a couple days, and then they're going to be put back out into the wild and be like, "What happened for those two days? That was weird." But like, this is not a normal thing. They don't live in the chains. They haven't, you know, they clearly weren't raised domestic and chained up. Like this is a, an unusual thing to be doing with these dragons. Uh, so that's kind of how I reassure myself. I'm like, this is just a really, really crappy couple days for these dragons, which sucks. Definitely sucks. But like, I I couldn't, I can't believe that Charlie would work somewhere where that's just how they treated the dragons every single day. You I can't believe it? Really? I won't believe it. Yeah. He's a Weasley and Ron's a Weasley and Ron thinks that house elves are totally fine the way that they are. But Charlie's one of the good ones. Charlie reminds me so much of uh, the guy from the the Creatures movie, Imp- Impossible Beasts. Uh-huh. Fant- oh. Uh, yep. Fantastic N- Newt Scamander. Yeah. That's what Charlie reminds me of. So I just assume he's got a really, really good heart on him. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Newt's a Hufflepuff, though. That's true. Puff Nation. Puff, puff, and, pass. And Charlie's a Gryffindor. Hmm. I don't so, know. Says the Gryffindor to the Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just really hope that the dragons live long, happy lives, not chained up and getting shocked all the time. So they wanted nesting mothers. Mm-hmm. Why? Gotta take some eggs. Get some eggs. Three eggs. Uh, just enough eggs that, that it's really hard to carry them all at once. <laughs> that's how many eggs they have to <laughs> that's how many eggs they have to get I love this challenge idea <laughs> so like, you don't think it's just like territorial like like don't mess with mama yeah but especially don't mess with mama's eggs <laughs> <laughs> like really don't do that though <laughs> yeah I think it's gotta be something like that I think the fact that they're nesting mothers does just take up the intensity one more notch you know otherwise like it, it has to be something that makes it specific to that person. Whereas if you just brought in four bull dragons and just like let them out, they'd be attacking everybody. They wouldn't, they wouldn't care who they were attacking, what they were attacking, why they were attacking. They'd just be like rage machines. But if you use a brooding thing and you say, Hey, you get that specific dragon's eggs, then, then you're dealing with one specific dragon that is coming specifically for you. Interesting. That way you can mitigate the risk where, one person, one dragon, and there's no one dragon that's just rampaging, destroying everything. Do you think dragon <clears throat> dragons have the logic of that tiny human is the only tiny human I'm frustrated with? Dragons are way smarter than humans, so yeah, I'd say. We don't know that. In like most lore that this is directly like pulling from, In dragons are lore, like, but, but maybe not this way is, smarter than humans. This but, is our first interaction with adult dragons, so it's huh. possible that... I guess, like, yeah, from every fantasy thing I've read, dragons are at least as intelligent as humans. Maybe <clears throat> maybe not as, like, engineering mathematical-wise, but certainly in terms of, like, sentience and free thought. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think that's just to make it so it's one dragon per person. And I think the best way to do that is <clears throat> have that person in their nest somehow. So that's the one person they go for. We'll see. Uh, also, Harry's going to get the spiny one because, of course, he is. <clears throat> they said, hope nobody gets, <laughs> whoever gets that one's going to have a hard time. And I'm like, oh, Harry's going to get that one. <laughs> that was like my immediate thought. I'm like, oh, there's Harry. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> to be fair, it's also the title <laughs> of the chapter. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But even as soon as Charlie said that, I'm like, oh, okay. Now we know. So check out Dragon. Got it. Check out Dragon. <laughs> so um, there was... Anything else you want to say about dragons? Nah, we're good on dragons. The uh, there was one last thing that I wanted to talk about um, mm. before we're done, and that's um, and we're going re- in reverse order in this chapter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when uh, so like all the uh, amid all of the gossiping and bullying and everything that's happening, there's a hog Hogsmeade trip that mm-hmm. Harry thankfully gets to go on because <laughs> Sirius gave him no Sirius gave him permission at the at the oh yeah end yeah. of last book I think so he was okay to go yeah he just he, chose to go with the cloak wearing anyway. the cloak yeah. to avoid the prying eyes of others but poor Hermione who has to like 
appear like a loner all through Hogsmeade and like still talk to Harry mm-hmm. and like buy two butter beers and slip one under the cloak. And She's such a good sport. Like and such uh, a good friend. It's it's and and amid all of that, so they're in the three broomsticks and then Moody comes up and Hagrid comes up and we learn that Moody's eye can see through the cloak. Yeah. That's some pretty powerful magic. <laughs> That's some really powerful magic. <laughs> Holy buckets. Yeah. The more you learn about Moody, the more you're like, oh, this guy is legit. Like, it's kind of like the Weasleys, how they're like, oh, yeah, this guy gets it. Like, I'm kind of having that experience right now where I'm like, oh, huh, Moody is very powerful. And like- powerful and has powerful stuff and like has acquired things that that enable him to like nothing gets past this dude yeah nothing so it makes me want to believe like everything he says because i'm like oh man this guy's so legit especially like the invisibility cloak specifically and like he's been able to see it for long enough that he's caught multiple people using invisibility cloaks and i'm like huh I didn't think those were in any way common. <laughs> like, that's pretty impressive. Like, yeah, and I mean, he's he's worked probably like caught some pretty high high caliber criminals, and so those mm-hmm. would be the types who would have invisibility close. Yeah, yeah, that's totally some black market stuff. So yeah, oh, man, just bonkers. Yeah, that blew me away. I didn't think we were gonna find that kind of magic because that's like such. Yeah. next level <clears throat> and then that that robs harry of a little bit of his freedom too which i think we need at this point and like and it just takes away that very Im- important tool that's that's been overpowered in the past yeah so. i mean it's, it's the same way as you know harry leaves it in the shrieking shack or, mm-hmm, or wi- mm-hmm. with the in the, the one tunnel to the into hogsmeade the one-eyed witch yeah, yeah. for several chapters and forgets that he left it there or whatever because (laughs) we just can't have you having this right now it's it's way too powerful (laughs) it makes things too easy for you yep yep so that that's a really smart way to rob him of that that carte blanche a little bit it builds up mad eye and takes one tool away from harry's even though i mean now it's like, well, Harry can't do stuff if Mad Eye's around, and it's stuff that Mad Eye doesn't want him to do. That doesn't really narrow down. Like, yeah, he can still do a lot of stuff. It's like Moody's still on his side, yeah, but like, yeah. I mean, he's he's prone to breaking rules, and yeah. like, he doesn't like any adults knowing that sometimes. So yeah. it's very good plot, like addition. Like, I really liked that. We'll see that again sometime. Oh yeah. So it's good. There's this, this, these chapters set up so much. Uh, they didn't cover a ton of ground as well. You know, they covered some ground, <laughs> but they set up an awful lot more. So yeah, we'll see. Are we doing two chapters next time? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. But first, but first, what's your favorite quote, Clark? My favorite quote is on page 328. And this is something very much like I saw it and I'm like, Alyssa and I both want this as our favorite quote. I can almost guarantee you. I can feel it in my bones. Yep. Because it's it's like almost like quantifiably like the best quote in this chapter. <clears throat> Pretty much. Yeah. And that is where um let's see. Charlie and Hagrid are talking about the dragons and looking at the dragons and <laughs> We all know Hagrid and Jagans, right? He's He really likes them. So let's see. Five of Charlie's fellow keepers staggered up to the horn tail at that moment, carrying a clutch of huge granite gray eggs between them in a blanket. They placed them carefully at the horn tail side. Hagrid let out a moan of longing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them counted, Hagrid, said Charlie sternly. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but Hagrid just... He's like, I want one. I want one. (laughs) So bad. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, What was your favorite quote, Alyssa? Um, Mine is on page 330. Mm. And it's as Harry's rushing back to Gryffindor Tower to meet Sirius. 
and uh, which we didn't mention, but hmm. Sirius flews in just his head. So <laughs> yep, that happened. By the way, <laughs> anyway, um, but as he's running up to Gryffindor Tower and he comes up to um, the fat lady and he's still wearing the cloak even, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she's like passed out. It's because. <laughs> Harry's got this this flu date with Sirius at like <laughs> one in the morning mm-hmm. and um, he just yells out Balderdash he gasped at the fat lady who was snoozing in her frame in front of the porch hole if you say so <laughs> she muttered sleepily without opening her eyes <laughs> just like this immense fondness for the fat lady grew in that moment mm-hmm. of like like you're you're not a curfew enforcer no nope. at all nope. no and, judgment and i'm real glad of that and, <laughs> and she's so like and and mm. i also do love the fact that she still works at one in the morning yeah like yep. she's always at that post she's not giving it really her hundred but that's but right. she but she is always there <laughs> and just i liked the moment yeah i just like that that like that Harry and Sirius were having like text conversations and finally Sirius is like okay I need to just call you (laughs) can we just have a phone conversation this This is is too much for text too much to write (laughs) and they did and it was and it's so funny well can you imagine if that was if 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 they were doing like a text conversation oh man with owls i mean <laughs> it'd be terrible like yeah getting eking any information out of harry in mm-hmm. any kind like no he's not going to confess the way that he no he's not going to be that open and so sirius is over here like you're having a hard time admitting any of this crap mm-hmm. to me so mm-hmm. like let me just like look you in the face and say just talk to me just talk to me that's really sweet well these were an excellent three chapters um we'll be doing chew 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 chapters yep (laughs) chew chapters we'll we'll read the next two (laughs) next episode yep chapters 20 and 21 where we will see how this whole dragon thing goes down i think i think we, we should see the first uh thing right the first trial um, so. Well, I, I, I'll I'll give you this little spoiler. It's the name of the chapter of the first trial. <laughs> the next chapter is called the first task. Okay, well, that's what you have to look forward to. Um, and uh, you've been saying it for mm-hmm. several episodes now, but mm-hmm. I think we we can finally say that we're halfway through the book. <laughs> we did. We made it. We're a little short, but but pretty much. Uh, that's good. Welcome to halfway. Yeah. Well, good. They have a lot of stuff to explain, so I'm glad they have half a book to do it. Um, excellent. Well, hey, if you have thoughts about these chapters, if you have predictions, if you want to rant about the downfalls of modern journalism. Um, or magical journalism. <laughs> mostly magical journalism. Actually, nothing about real journalism, please. No, we get enough of that on our day-to-day. Yeah. Hearing but complaints about that. We'd, we'd, we'd love to hear your analysis of Rita Skeeter's stories. <laughs> and you can do that at WordstruckPod on Twitter, at WordstruckPodcast on Instagram. I'm at bad WordstruckPod at this. on Instagram. Okay. WordstruckPodcast on Facebook. And yeah. WordstruckPodcast at gmail.com. Yes. We love emails. Emails are so fun. Email us, please. WordstruckPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at Clark Hodges or at Alyssa Small. Yeah, and uh, just let us know. Let us let us know. I don't know. I'm I'm blanking on all the things. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>